Uh, hello and welcome to the Super Secret Tech Podcast. This is episode number eight. We are a weekly podcast devoted to Magic the Gathering news, opinions, and insights with an eternal state of mind. I am your host, Brooks, joined by my co-hosts, Adam, Topher, and Peter. In today's show, we'll be talking about Legacy Stompy, what it is, how to identify different varieties of it, how to beat it, and why casting Chalice of the Void on turn one is just so damn satisfying. After that, we'll be discussing our super secret tech of the week with Adam Topher and Peter, respectively, which is going to be Cat Stompy. And don't forget, at the end of each episode, we will be asking you, the audience, a trivia question. Any correct answers for the trivia question we receive will be entered into a drawing for the draft set of the most recent sets, Aether Revolt and Kaladesh. But first, let's talk about our weeks in magic. I know you guys were all up at Worcester over the weekend. Uh, how did that go for everybody? Poorly. None of us stay tuned. And none of us topped the classic, a hundred and fifty person classic. So, me and Peter got our names posted on the internet, but it's in the did about as poorly as we could and still get that. So nothing I would brag about. Peter Peter bragged about it a little bit, I think. <laughs> it's like I when you're a kid in your little yeah. league and you're in last I'm place. More, like, more bragged that I was two places above Topher. I have to take the small victories while I can still get them. Yeah, it's just because you didn't have to play him, I'm sure. Hey, I, I 2 owed a Miracles player. I didn't even know what he was on game one. <laughs> just casting a brainstorm, and that's about it. I saw top ponder, and then I murdered him. So, probably still Miracles. It was, mir- it was well, it was off of Volcanic, so I wasn't sure it could be like a weird show-and-tell thing. It could have been a storm thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're technically right, but did you at least side for Miracles? I kind of hedged. Okay. Because for lands for combo and for miracles, like I'm still going to bring my chalices. Want to bring in a tracker to bring in, uh, bring in trackers to put on a clock. You know, I want some number of K grips if it's uh, show and tell. So I kind of, <laughs> the only uh, difference is I brought in a warping whale. Hmm. Did you, did you mean all the K grips? No matter what. I, I really didn't know. <laughs> so I did bring in like three K grips. All right. Wait, which of those decks do you not bring Warping Whale in against? Yeah, I was, I was going to kind of make uh, that Miracles. Argument. Really? All right. I wouldn't bring I it guess, against Miracles. I guess that's understandable. It's only really relevant stopping and treat since we do cut our Terminuses. Yeah, that's the only relevant card. But I would not bring the Warping Whale in unless you are really hoping to get cute and end step that Warping Whale to kill Jace. But that ain't happening anytime soon, probably. Probably not. Anyway, we don't really have a whole lot. Uh, Peter has gloated himself to death, and uh, Adam is remarkably quiet. And uh, I didn't do anything either, because I was just making 2020s on the weekend. Nothing much to tell about it. Anyway, we'll be back in just a minute with our main segment. Welcome to our main segment about Stompy, or in other words, how I learned to stop brainstorming and start loving Chalice of the Void, in which we take you through everything we know about this oft-maligned and misunderstood archetype. First off, we need to go over the definition of the term Stompy. We are defining a Stompy deck as any deck that plays soul lands and other fast mana with the goal of setting up a very early lock piece. 
These decks come in all sorts of different colors and varieties, and most notably, do not always have a well-defined best version in a certain color or combination of colors. Let's take a look at the general card you'll find in Stompy decks, and we'll branch out from there. So when you guys think Stompy decks, what cards do you think of immediately? Palace of the Void. Trinisphere. Blood Moon. Yeah, and that's um, that's a good example of one of the... <laughs> Suppression Field. Suppression Field <laughs> woefully underemployed. Yeah, and absolutely miserable to play against. Especially when you're running four Sensei's Divining Tops. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bitch. So a lot of the times these cards are either mono-brown, so they can go in all sorts of stompy decks, most notably Chalice, Trinisphere, Sphere of Resistance, Thorn of Amethyst, uh, occasionally a good old-fashioned Tangle Wire. And then they're supplemented with the cards from the color of stompy deck that you're playing. So in red decks, we'll see, we'll see cards like Blood Moon, Magus of the Moon. White decks, we'll see cards like Suppression Field, Ghostly Prison, and honorable mention to the two different Thalias here, because the decks that are playing these fast mana, the Stompy decks, um, can cheat out a card like Thalia a turn ahead of schedule, and it still functions roughly the same as these other impediments to progress. Most notably, Thalia Heretic Cathar on turn one is going to put away a lot of games by itself. Um, and then moving more towards the full full brown uh, aspect of mud too. We'll see cards like crucible lodestone golem as well, instead of chalice and trinisphere, or I guess I should say in addition to chalice and trinisphere. Now it is very important to mention that when talking about, when we'll be talking about mud today, we won't be talking about stacks. Stacks is a different deck. It's a prison deck. Stompy decks are, Deck that makes a lock piece slash roadblock and then tries to beat you to death with something uh, pretty quickly. Whereas the mud deck is straight prison and I'm going to lock you out of the game and then maybe kill you. Hopefully, Stacks is much first. more control oriented and Stompies are still fundamentally a, for the most part, aggro decks. That'd be a good way to make that distinction if your opponent's busy trying to set up a uh, smokestacks lock versus merely playing out a chalice before they play out their beater. Yeah. A lot of times it's just chalice on one into lodestone golem on two. Lodestone or thought knot or golem rival master. Anything that can turn sideways and kill you. Yeah, exactly. And we'll be talking a little bit about these different variants. But before we get into the actual specific ones, um, I want to mention the key part of this equation, the acceleration. Um... The cards that exist for these decks that really bring them into life um, are Ancient Tomb and City of Traders, the two ubiquitous soul lands in Legacy. And these are often supplemented by other fast mana, um, whether it's Lotus Petal or Chromox or Simeon Spirit Guide, Elish Spirit Guide, Seeding Song, um, Mox Diamond in certain builds and variants. It just depends on what they're trying to accomplish, and that will dictate which extra acceleration they will play. You know, Ancient Tomb and City Traders are in almost every single Stompy deck. Um, the other ones, there's usually some mix, but they're almost always present. Speaking of specifics, let's talk about the uh, most prominent uh, Stompy archetypes. And we'll get started with Big Red. 
So, Peter, I know you've encountered Big Red a lot and uh, is your oft-maligned matchup as a lands player. <laughs> exactly. It's a horrible matchup. Basically, I once I see Blood Moon, I will just concede and go to game two. Uh, there's no point playing it out. Um, they're a deck that will try to... that will lock me right out of the game unless I can combo kill them and the first or second turn uh they will also they can also put out a lot of mana and just sneak attack something out turn one and i my deck is not has no counter spells so i'm boned there too post board i've i've got some grips and pray that uh tracker and or i can make a token quick enough to go the distance but it's often just a loss almost not even worth my time trying to sideboard for that it's it's one of those just bad notably bad matchups yeah unfortunately there are that's a sacrifice you make when you play lands i guess you're that bad matchup for a lot of other decks but i suppose that's what people mean by the matchup lottery fortunately us good magic players who play miracles don't have to deal with that sort of nonsense uh, uh, I, I hear differently. I, I've heard Adam uh, brewing around with a Blood Moon that's, uh, in particular, has locked out a couple of Miracles players. Yeah, well, that's probably they suck. <laughs> you miracles and you lose to Blood Moons because you're bad at magic. That's what I sincerely believe that. I mean, the best, Blood Moon, the best Blood Moon is the one you don't expect. So, yeah, if you're playing Blood Moon out of Elves, you're going to get people. If you're playing Blood Moon out of shardless bug you're gonna get people but if you're playing it out of a deck that is very obviously a blood moon deck then people are going to be uh prepared to beat it so it's always a weakness of the stompy decks really is that much like dredge people can show up and be ready to beat you when i used to play blood moon in my sideboard i one of the main reasons i stopped was it was mainly there to beat i mean there were a lot of decks blood moon was good against in theory but a lot of those decks just were ready to beat it. You know, they they saw it once, or they just kind of suspected it might be coming, and they get their two basics, and that's it. Blood Moon no longer does anything. You know, unless at least it doesn't do what you need it to do. Because generally, if Blood Moon is sideboard tech for you, then you're bringing it in to snatch basically victory out of the jaws of defeat against some really bad matchups. And if those really bad matchups are just a little bit prepared to beat Blood Moon, then you can't rely on Blood Moon, so. so that's why I stopped playing Blood Moon. Eventually, I just stopped playing Land Hate altogether. Though I will say, from the Ashes is probably the best ones to has no basically no uh, punishment for playing it. Really, I mean, on the bright side, you even get an extra shuffle out of it. True. One point I wanted to say about the Blood Moon decks too is you were talking about Blood Moon, you know, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. The way Legacy is so fast and so able to be prepared for stuff. Blood Moon only really becomes truly effective most of the time on turns one or two, which isn't something every deck can manage to do, which it perfectly fits as to why you stop playing it in Miracles, because it's a turn three card and people can prepare for it. Yeah, and I mean, that's, easily played around. that's just kind of like the nature of Stompy decks. You are Stompy decks are decks that don't play bad. They don't play good magic cards, but they stop you from playing good magic cards. So in theory, they win if things go to plan. But, uh... Isn't that every deck? But 
what, every deck playing bad magic cards? No, every deck wins if it draws the good cards. Isn't that every deck? If if the plan is to win, if everything goes to plan, isn't that just a win? Well, depends what your plan is. I think that's a little bit more of a uh, difficult discussion to have. That's like saying, all right, if we take a gauntlet of all the legacy decks out there and give each of them their perfect seven-card hands in every single matchup, who wins? I think that's really kind of tilted a couple different directions. Dredge. Dredge wins. Well, my point is, is that you can either play these lock pieces in a real deck and not be able to abuse them as much, or you can play them in a deck that's geared to abuse them, but is inherently not a good deck. Except for the fact that it is... You know, it's gimping itself to gimp other people, so... Yeah, if you look at a card, like a a random stompy card, like Fiery Confluence, um, you're probably... Yeah, I freaking lost some Redway Stompy deck that just had, like, a most absurd suite of removal, and it's... Big removal was fiery confluence. Yeah. Well, if you wanna, if you want a sweeper or you want a direct damage spell, you're better with, you know, lightning bolt, pyroclasm, that sort of thing. But if you are getting to four mana, no problem on turn two, you might as well play with a, you know, a little bit of a less efficient card, like, but more powerful, like fiery confluence. Well, that's that's really what what Stompy is all about at its core is that. You're playing slightly less mana efficient cards because you have the ability to cheat on it. And that slight power increase you get from those cards is where you get your edge. I mean, Fiery Confluence is a four mana card, but it does the work of everything that your deck wants to do. If you're up against the wall from a creature strategy like Delver on in a hurry, you get you down your Blood Moon and you play your Confluence, you can Wrath or Board. If you're up against a deck like Lands, you can blow up their only artifact Mox Diamonds that are helping them fix mana. If you are just wanting to close the game, you can six yeah, their face. Fiery yeah. Conference kills Jace. Oh yeah. <laughs> it kills Jace dead. The uh, I guess you could say you know, the strength of Stompy is basically how good the, the Stompy cards are. And so that's... Yeah. It, people... The problem is, like, with cards like Abrupt Decay and Basic Lands, uh, it's becoming easier to play around Stompy decks. I think that's why uh, Big Red, you know, might really be the... Well, I mean, Big Red and Eldrazi would be probably the best Stompy decks, but for different reasons. Yeah, I agree. One of them has a nice fast clock that also has hand disruption that can get in the way of whatever their answer is. And the other one sticks the uh, blood moon or whatever and then just sweeps up the game with one big stupid creature thanks to sneak attacker through the breach. Um, one's a little more susceptible to force of will and the other one is just more susceptible to like sweepers. I kind of feel like is the difference. Bug decks beat the Chalice decks, but lose to the Blood Moon decks. Miracles loses to Blood Moon decks, but their Blood Miracles <laughs> the Blood Moon decks, but loses to the Chalice decks. So fuck it, just play both. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. His so, temper is brewing chalice blood moon miracles right now. <laughs> well, I was even thought through. How do I? How do I manage to finagle mir- uh, chalice into miracles? You just make it like Tesserator, but like Jeskai colors. There's like there are there are cards that like move counters from permanence to permanent. Just keep I don't know chalice or something to cast my brainstorms. Back when I uh, first started playing. Uh, Magic, my friend came up with this really sweet Chalice of the Void deck with core tappers and power conduits where he would shuffle the counters around to the Chalice of the Void. But then we discovered that he can't do that in response to the trigger. Yeah, that's always the... (laughs) That's where it breaks down. But he definitely got me a bunch of games before we knew that. But this was was 15 years ago. I do... Um, uh, I do remember two or so years ago at EE, um, someone top aided with uh, Chalice Splinter Twin um, that ran just ran four brainstorms because you might as well run four brainstorms. Have you seen the card? It's too good um, not to. Yeah. Plus, it lets you draw into your Chalice of the Void so you can cast them <laughs> on turn two. And get rid of your extras. <laughs> yeah. So we talk about Big Red here, and one of the things that separates Big Red from the other Stompy decks is its kill package. And that's really the main difference in most of these Stompy decks is how they're trying to kill you. And Big Red really is true to the name Big, where they want to go sneak attack or through the breach to cheat in Emrakul, Inferno Titan, World Spine Worm, Crystal Brand. Com- Combustible but, uh, Gear Hulk, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, all sorts of big fatties. Uh, one of the the major strengths of strengths of Big Red um, comes from the fact that they don't always need to play out their lock pieces first. They are perfectly capable of all of just turn one playing an Emrakul and attacking with it, and you're screwed. Big Red has the most powerful use of its of its uh, fast mana. I mean, you know, the one common theme in these all these Stompy decks is the fast mana. I guess some chops of wood, I guess. But uh, you know, while Dragon Stompy's playing out turn one or two Goblin Rabble Masters and the Mog Catcher Stompy's busy blowing up your lands with Goblin Settler, Big Reds swing with turn two, turn one, Emrakuls. You know, there's a sacrifice and consistency there, but if you're playing Stompy, you've kind of already said consistency is overrated. So, <laughs> might, as well just, might as well just, you know, try to win, get lucky. I mean, there's a real strategy to just making a deck that has a good goldfish and hoping it gets there every time. Big Red Sometimes. is one of those decks that, against the right meta, Big Red has enough cards that are like, must answers like there's the obvious like combo it's a must answer but for a lot of decks chalice of void is like you know you got must answer you lose when it resolves blood moon must answer you lose when it resolves so i think when you were talking about big red there about like the um you know how it's kind of all in on one strategy the the real advantage to big red being consistent and gold fishing as opposed to something like belcher is that belcher needs all of its cards to work out together whereas big red they only need like two or three so it can recover a little bit better if you are able to interrupt what they're doing yeah you can slam a turn one blood moon against 
a good good chunk of the format and then wait for turns to draw into something that kills them. Um, so you don't you don't well, always need as much the consistency. Point is that these turn one blood moons, turn one chaos voids are as good as belching someone for a hundred damage because they shut down so many decks entirely. So you know, while they're not I mean, Big Red has probably the highest density, like I was saying, of must answers. You know, it wins the game more dramatically, more abruptly in the early turns compared to the other, you know, turn creature sideways stompy decks. Waterbeel, Drazi, Dragon, Goblin. Speaking of Goblin and Stompy, let's take a quick moment and talk about this uh, blast from the past. I haven't seen this one kicking around in quite some time. But well, it you, is... haven't been a, you haven't played Legacy in New England then. <laughs> <laughs> Goblin and Stompy has the same lock piece package as Big Red, but it plays a lot of lower to the ground creatures. Uh, Goblin Rabble Master, which will just win the game by himself. And it also runs Mog Catcher, which is a creature that tutors up other goblins. What goblins uh, do you ask? Uh, most notably, good old-fashioned Goblin Settler. One, one for four, that when it enters a battlefield, you destroy target land. <coughs> and the way you put the screws to them with uh, the Goblin Stompy deck is after you tutor up the Settler with the Mog Catcher, you go ahead and get Kiki Jiki and start copying the Goblin Settler every turn and slowly digging into death with one. Basically, uh, the only way to acceptably play Goblins in Legacy at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a little slower than um, the, the, the kill from Big Red, but it is uh, less... You, you won't have all of your threats do something by themselves. It's not when you're waiting to draw an Emrakul and you draw another through the breach. Uh, I guess this is slightly more consistent, although still a uh, very opening hand and top three cards of your library dependent. That's pretty much it for Goblin Stompy. Not a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, what do you guys think about Dragon Stompy? You probably have heard that one uh, a lot more often in your travels. I'm a big fan. I uh, really like dragons. Uh, I play a modern deck specifically because it has dragons in it. Um, dragons. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, dragons connect on the word dragons. <laughs> so that that's why you play Ponza in modern because <laughs> of dragons. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the most most legitimate dragon deck. Uh, this will run Thunderbreak region and things like Sin Prodder, as well as the traditional lock pieces. Um, the benefits uh, over other Stompy decks is obviously dragons. Um, they're cool and they fly. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you like that sort of thing, you love Dragon Stompy. Um, What's winning with ones do they play that you, that you like? Um, Stormbreath Dragon is my favorite uh, dragon. Protection um, from Swords to Plowshares is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and Entreated Angels. Um, Thunderbreak region is, is decent. Uh, it's hard to remove. I'd say the real advantage of Dragon Stompy is that it's, it is the most consistent. The deck is like literally... It's fast mana... It's lock pieces, and every single creature is a creature you can cast 
through the lock pieces with the fast mana that's only job is to turn sideways. So it has the most redundancy. You're probably going to mulligan the least with this little version. Plus but it usually runs Simprata, right? You know, if your opponent plays a Tarmogoyf or something, or has some Abrupt Decays, you're going to get punished the most of this deck, because you don't have the swing with Emrakul backup game plan, or the lock on the game with Goblin Settler Kiki-Jiki plan. So... However, if they're trying to point those abrupt decays at your Thunderbreak Regents or Stormbreath Dragons, they can't stop the the dragons, just the lock pieces. So you get those dragons out early enough. Well, they'll be attacking and stuff. Good thing there isn't any commonly played creature with death touch and flying in all of these bug decks. Yeah, that is... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hashtag make Vampire Nighthawk great again. Yeah, that's definitely what he was talking about. Uh, I get what you're saying. I mean, you're you're right. Those, if I had to say, like, I saw, I stopped to think, like, what Blood Moon deck I lose have probably the worst percentages against. It probably is Dragon Stompy because it's the one that gives me the least time to break the lock. Now I've seen this deck running Sinprodder too, um, with a fairly recent addition in the world of Legacy. How do you guys feel about Simprotter? Do you feel like it's just kind of cute, or do you feel like it's actually where the deck wants to be? It's exactly where the deck wants to be. I mean, one of the deck's big problems is that it can have too many do-nothing pieces once it gets its fast mana lock. I've won a lot of games against Stompy decks because all they're drawing after they make the lock is redundant lock pieces, or more like Simeon Spirit Guides in City of Traders. I've... <laughs> I remember... One dude, he had three Blood Moons out and two Trinospheres, and I finally managed to land an EE on three, and I was like, I just held one of those back. <laughs> Sucks to suck, bro. Yeah. So, Simparter does kind of fix that problem. It's still a good threat. It has Menace. It draws cards and does damage. It can, it can be cast with the fast mana above curve. So, there you go. I think my favorite thing about the Menace is that, like, it's a really just bonus upside against Jace the Mind Sculptor. Mm, no, no chumping with Snapcaster. Not today. So that's those are the red Stompy decks. Um, I want to take a quick moment and mention some uh, historical Stompy decks. Angel Stompy hasn't been around in quite some time, but it's a white version. Plays, uh, you guessed it, Angels. The original one was Exalted Angel. You play it face down, and then flip it up the next turn and start beating for four lifelink in the air. But, uh, yeah, Miracles is the fun police reigning in that nonsense. What's kind of worth knowing, you're just, you know, talking about how it, you don't see it anymore, and that's really a, a lot of these decks you won't have seen in a while. And it really just comes down to how good they're, like, the power of these decks is determined fundamentally by their lock pieces, what you can play in color. So, you know, the, the Sin Prodders, the Thunder... Thunderbreak Regents, the Exalted Angels. You know, these are all afterthoughts. Like, all right, I've got my lock pieces, got my colors. What can I play that? What can I play with these cards that these cards don't interfere with? So, if you have to ask yourself, you know, why is it all mono red stompy? Basically, all draws things because the best lock pieces are Blood Moon and Chalice of the Void. Whereas, you know, white takes advantage of stuff like Suppression Field and Armageddon, and as good as Suppression Field is, it doesn't stop you from casting your spells. And Armageddon is a little slow. 
and it's a little bit harder to take it's a little bit harder to navigate the downside of it and then if you get to see stompy it's just because there's like basically no log piece you can play in blue other than like the mud ones and back to basics or some jank from legends that i'm not thinking about now oh, you say jank from legends on <laughs> in the eye of chaos you mean yeah that's <laughs> yes, actually. all right so one of my favorite stompy variants that you don't see a whole lot but is always on the route to improvement because of wizard's proclivity for printing high power white creatures and hate bears is soldier stompy now i have a deck here from late last year and the list is four thalia guardian of raven two fairgrounds warden four preeminent captains two recruiter of the guard four thalia heretic cathar four daru warchief four enlistment officer two palace jailer three captain of the watch four chalice four chrome mocks four suppression field and 19 lands uh four of them being ancient tomb three city of traders four caverns two caracas six planes boom mono white soldier something so the goal of this deck is it uses its creatures as lock pieces interchangeably in the form of thalia 1.0 and thalia 2.0 um it also has that joyous card that is suppression field which makes all activated activated abilities cost two more so sorry about your fetch lands and death rite shamans and sensei's divining tops that ain't gonna fly here and it seeks to just play big stupid creatures ahead of curve or cheat them into play with the preeminent captains which lets you put a soldier card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking and that can be as basic as a recruiter of the guard or it can be as fancy as a captain on the watch automatically dumping nine plus power onto the board uh for three mana um the deck even has ways to stay in the game card advantage wise in the form of enlistment officer and the uh, palace jailers so it just it has all these things going on but what it dies to most often is consistency and wastelands it's still what's your opponent play magic i mean all these stompy decks have probably the to have to play the matchup lottery you know each stompy deck has basically one mainstream deck that its lock pieces don't work against you know it just doesn't you know that's the real reason i think why i mean stompy decks are by their nature meta decks so they'll never be the dominant deck the metal will just shift and they won't function anymore but like you know the blood moon like saying earlier the blood moon decks weaker against miracles the chalice decks weaker against uh bug we have a local uh, Solar Stompy player, and he apparently can't beat Tarmogoyf, so there you go. It's kind of just, you're picking a, a Stompy deck to play, you've also kind of picked what tier one deck you are hoping, thinking you're not going to play against. One of the, the, uh, the white, I mean, yeah, the white package brings, uh, you know, increased resiliency against counter magic um, with its caverns and thalias. Um, and you know, Thalia is a pretty relevant creature on its own, but when you're backing it up with eight power on the board, um, if you if you draw correctly, um, it's quite the clock, um, especially when it's uncounterable. So, Adam, what is Sylvan Plug besides four chokes? <laughs> uh, 
that's a good question um a very easy mashup for elves um it is a mono green stompy list all right so i've got a list here from uh romario vidal classic uh sylvan plug player on mtgo his list <laughs> the only goes, uh, plug player ever <laughs> this deck has a lot of history which you can resource or which you can research on the source if you're interested but it's a, a mono green stompy deck it the list is one dryad arbor one death right shaman one corsair crucifix one eternal witness one knight of the reliquary one reclamation sage one centaur vine crasher one Marin of Clan Neltoth, three Obstinate Baloth, one Titania Protector of Argoth. Spells are four Green Sun Zenith, four Abrupt Decay, and then the artifacts are four Chalice of the Void, two Mox Diamond, three Trinisphere, and then the enchantments, the good old-fashioned, four Sylvan Library, four Choke, 23 lands, and involving three Ancient Tombs, and uh, pretty much just existing to make everybody miserable. Unless you didn't run islands, but this is legacy, so most people run islands. Something like seventy uh, percent of the format runs islands, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, if you're playing a matchup lottery, uh, playing against decks with brainstorm is a pretty wide net you can cast. So uh, no wonder it has had success when Omnitel was the best deck. Okay, so. The real advantage to Sylvan Plug is it doesn't run as many of the fast mana effects. It only runs three Ancient Tombs, two Mox Diamonds, and that's it as far as the fast mana goes. Now, it does have one Deathrite Shaman, which can be tutored up with a Green Sun Zenith, and one Dryad Arbor, which can be tutored up as an Accelerant with the uh, Green Sun Zenith. But at its core, this deck is a Green Sun Zenith deck, which wants to abuse Shuffle effects and the Sylvan Libraries in order to leverage your more powerful cards over your opponent. You have lots of just big, stupid creatures, like the Singleton Knight of the Reliquary. It's good at uh, coming out with uh, Green Sun Zenith and can just dominate a bunch of matchups. Um, it has four Wastelands and a Caracas as its disruption package as far as lands goes. And being able to tutor up those on demand is a very powerful effect. has the one Reclamation Sage to get rid of other annoying bullshit that is stopping you from playing magic. It has the one centaur vine crasher, which is kind of like a knight of the reliquary that just keeps coming back over and over again. Most decks don't have the double green to recur it, but this deck has it in spades. And then stuff like obstinate Bayloth, Corsair, a little bit of life gain, but also a little bit of card advantage kind of built into the fabric of this deck. And lastly, the over the top cards, Marin of clan Neltoth, which will just, generate you a creature back every turn and titania protector of argoth which when set up with a fetch land or wasteland can pretty quickly make 20 power onto the board in one turn especially if you go the uh the slow roll method my favorite thing about the uh sylvan plug list is the sideboard it has an incredible amount of depth as far as what cards it can play and the way it's addressing matchups Specifically, Giant Solifuge for decks like Miracles, which, uh, what was the term they used to use for back in the day? Captain Tickles? Uh, could I get the uh, Oracle text on Giant Solifuge, was it? Yes. Two and two red-green hybrid for a 4-1 Trample Haste Shroud. All right. That uh, is a 
Magic can you let him out? I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can let the giant solifuge out. It looks pretty terrifying. It is giant. It's a big insect. I, I think it would destroy my house. So I guess he would let himself out. The the most sexy card, though, is the anti-Delver tech in the sideboard of Sylvan Plug here, which is the Singleton Stinger Fling Spider. Uh, Judge, can I get an oracle text on that card, too, please? So it's a 2-5 creature spider for four colorless and a green. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, you may destroy target creature with flying. Yeah, so it's a Delver sniper that also blocks the other Delvers. Yeah. Seems... seems uh. Comical. Yeah. That Sylvan Plug is just a uh, a green variant of Stompy. Not very common, just like most of these Stompy decks are. But I do want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Eldrazi Aggro, which is technically a Stompy deck. Now, we've kind of loosely gone over the other Stompy decks and what makes them unique and what the advantages and disadvantages are. Um, Eldrazi Stompy is kind of like the baseline of what we expect from a Stompy deck these days. It's got a fast clock, it plays all the soul lands, and it has the ability to close the game quickly and efficiently and consistently disrupt miracles, which is a big issue a lot of these Stompy decks have. Tover was speaking earlier about how Blood Moon is not good against miracles, but the Chalice is, and how Chalice is not good against the bug decks, but Blood Moon is. So with those two decks being so popular right now, the Eldrazi deck has the chalices, does not have the blood moons, but has other ways to beat these two decks because their creatures are just bigger and uh, can just close the game so much faster and more efficiently than a lot of the other similar or decks in that same vein. One of the one of the major things about Eldrazi Stompy is that uh, it its mana acceleration is a little different rather than. Um, dealing with the you know the four lotus petals four simian spirit guides some seething songs that sort of thing it gets access to uh, more soul lands in uh, eldrazi temple and eye of ugin which means that um, the normally big stompy creatures can often be you know more reality smasher into you know i've seen lists that run the uncounterable eldrazi titans um, they can certainly go a lot bigger if they have to um, play seven, eight, nine, ten drops and go way, way over the top. And a lot of those decks will often play a card like um, Endbringer, Oblivion Sower. Uh, that's it, yeah. A lot of those cards will play some Oblivion Sowers to help them get the rest of the way to that big mana finish. Um. Which is definitely a way to go, but it just depends on adjusting your Stompy deck for your meta. And I guess that's really the point. Um, we don't want to go into Eldrazi Stompy too seriously or in depth here, because there are plenty of other ways, resources, articles, podcasts that go into depth about Eldrazi Stompy. And we want to give you a redux of just Stompy in general, so you can, if this is an archetype you're interested in, you can find the version that works for you or works for your local meta. You know, let's say that your uh, local meta is Miracles and Bug Decks. Well, maybe you want to play Big Red because it You're threatens to close the game fast and you like to make people's lives miserable, including your own. 
Um, you know, let's say your your meta is all miracles. Well, maybe you want to play Sylvan Plug because four main deck chokes makes you erect in the middle of the night. Um, it does. Uh, I don't even play Sylvan Plug, but the thought of it, uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, maybe you own a playset of each Thalia and are flirting with Soldier Stompy because turn one Thalia Heretic Cathar is probably a bigger auto win most of the time than a turn one blood moon is well uh if we're speaking about uh other types of stompy decks there's a if you are the kind of person who enjoys casting pretty terrible uh legends enchantments there is also sea stompy uh which peter was going on and on about (laughs) while we were researching for this um i know it's been about 10 years since I've heard someone mention Sea Drake. Uh, is there anything you want to add, Peter? I don't think there's much more to add other than hey, did you guys know Invoke Prejudice is a card? Uh, uh, yeah. What, was, that? Yes, what was the other one? The other really bad one. Oh, In the Eye of Chaos. Oh, really I, thought, I thought you were talking about the Kukuk clan reference on Invoke Prejudice. Not the actual playing of Seth Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. We're just going to go with it. Fun little tidbit for magic history, folks. If you look up the card Invoke Prejudice, you will be treated to the image of a spectral clansman uh, threatening to hunt down uh, everything of a certain color. Surprise, surprise. I think you and I have different uh, different meanings of fun little tidbits. <laughs> 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 is it or is it not a spectral clansman? It is um from you know, don't quote me on this. I read it on the internet, but uh I've heard some not <laughs> heard some not <laughs> heard some famous not last words right there. Don't quote me, I read it on the internet. It must be true. Uh, I've heard some pretty uh interesting things about the author uh the author the person who um arted that card the artist if you will um Do it tell. may or may or may not have been a uh, an intentional uh clansman reference you can well, you can find it on the internet though if you are me <laughs> just do it at google <laughs> yeah do it a quick google I'll get I don't you there. Think you need much of a Google to uh, <laughs> look at this sweet deck and just go, "Wow!" Yeah, uh, that's all that needs to be said, really. It, it's one of those things you sure can play it. Yeah, there. The deck is uh, the deck is legacy legal. Um, I believe that's the second time we've said that referring to a deck today, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's been seventy-five uh, legacy legal cards. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you gotta sleeve up just uh, some some cards. It's it's technically legal in more than one sense because it's over eighteen years old. Oh, that's true. Uh, good old now. Interestingly enough, Sea uh, Stompy, because Sea Drake lets you bounce uh, two of your islands, uh, has a much better matchup against Sylvan Plug than you'd expect. <laughs> Well, <laughs> does this deck play Fathom Seer too? Because that sounds awesome. Hell, if I know, it's been 
Honestly, when I when I was looking up the deck, because I had, I had heard about it as a joke, I, I had looked it up. The primer, I think, is like, uh, got to be at least four or five years old. Uh, so not current. So if someone wants to take that mantle, more power to them. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I guess the real advantage there is because you're not, you're, you know, you can Chrome Mox out something blue and play a soul in. you can see drake on one without having to having to bounce any islands all right yeah and uh and run force of will yeah which uh is a thing you're trading consistency for power which is something that is really a sliding scale in legacy that goes in all sorts of different directions but a stompy that can still be the right call for your meta a stompy that can still be super fun and another thing too a stompy deck is a great deck to put in the hands of a beginner you know someone who's never played legacy before they're gonna have fun slamming their big fatty fat fats onto the board and no matter whether they get blown up by terminus or whatever because they're still gonna see the value in that the stompy deck is the timmy deck for people in legacy that's actually a really good point brooks uh nate red uh he came he did really well at the open. He was on, yeah, notably Nate Red on Big Red. Big surprise there. Uh, he's fairly new to the format, and he was te- he was testing at a couple GPTs with us on Miracles, and uh, heard about Big Red. Was you know a fan of Jeff Hoogland's and uh, borrowed some of the cards to a couple local players and uh, was able to put it together for the open and was able to top eight his first legacy open. Peter loaned out his sulfur elementals and his sulfur elementals did better than the rest of us did at the open. And so it's a good example of a deck that you can be a, you know, you can be a decent magic player, but have no specific legacy experience. Um, It's not a deck that like, you know, miracles that you have to know what your opponent's trying to do. To do Their well, sideboard cards, their overall plans. Yeah, this is what more they ate of, for lunch on Tuesday. Yeah, the top three cards of your library. This is a very. Oh, hey, I have a blood moon. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and um, oh, that blood moon wasn't very good against their basic lands, but there were some planes in there. Let's just put in these sulfur elementals. Yeah. So yeah, if you can think through your sideboarding choices um sequence your you know sequence your lands and whatnot correctly uh, just play good technical magic and get lucky with it um even someone who's newer to legacy um can do very well and then run into miracles and lose um it happens that wraps up our quick redux on stompy decks I hope you at least learned a little bit about the different types, what might appeal to you, and uh, the next time your opponent plays a turn one choke, you'll know what list they're playing. We'll be back in a few minutes with our Super Secret Tech of the Week. Stay tuned. All right, so do you guys want to talk about Cat Stompy? Because it's very thematic. Yeah, well, we've got the new set coming out. Yes, I do. I have my list up. Regal Caracal is a card. Yep. I can can, uh, 
I mean, me I and Adam have been working on this for, I mean, we've been screwing around with the idea for almost two years now, is it, Adam? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Needless to say, Regal Carousel uh, gave me Carousel. some fresh hope. How, how do you say it? Car Caracol? Yes. That was the final card the new, we needed to, to The new cat up. lord, yes. Do us a favor of just reading like what the card does. Uh, yeah, let me pull up the. Uh, <laughs> hey, let me. Hey, Adam, why don't you just open up the gatherer? Because I'm sure our listeners aren't going to know uh, what sets Tiger does. Brooks may I know not what even sets know. Tiger does. It's oh my god! It's a Dude, two white white three three creature with flash, <laughs> and when oh, it enters yeah. the battlefield, you gain protection from a color. Until Damn straight, buddy. That's his uh, storm. That's his storm tech. Slash lands or elves. Ooh, I, I, I can go. With, I can go over that, uh, dude. I have my bird for future sight so much you don't even know. <laughs> so, uh, with the uh, with this recent spoiling of uh, how do you pronounce this card, Brooks? Regal Caracal. With the spoiling of Regal Caracal, um, cat uh, more. A better version of Cat Tribal uh, has the potential of showing its rearing its ugly head, um, rearing previous, its feline head, <laughs> rearing its feline head. Yes. Um, so, quick, uh, quick history: we've dabbled in uh, Cat um, Cat Tribal before. However, um, in modern, and it was more of a aggro cats uh, using some of the landfall cats. Um, fetch lands and Tarkus command, basically a, a version of zoo that was forced to use cats instead of actual good creatures like monastery, swift spear and goblin guide. However, uh, now that the cats have their own Lord cat, uh, cat stompy build might, uh, might be a little bit stronger. Um, we'll start off with the, the boring parts. Uh, we're going to need some lands. This is a stompy deck. Is going to need uh, Ancient Tombs, City of Traders, uh, White Brings Caracas, which is fairly good against, you know, Reanimator, Lands, Sneak and Show, uh, Taps for White so you can cast your cats, Cavern of Souls to make all of your cats uncounterable, and of course the, uh, the good old Basic Plains, which um, are exist as magic cards um, you'll also use some uh of this uh you'll also use some of the lock pieces we've been talking about uh this episode such as trinisphere chalice of the void uh and because we're in white suppression field now suppression field is extra good because one of the the cats that Stompy runs. Leonin Arbiter can also mean you'll never fetch the suppression field and Leonin Arbiter in play. It costs four mana to fetch, uh, which is hard to do when you can't fetch. Just uh, for the record, we will be posting a deck list for Cat Tribal. <laughs> we, of course, we will. Um, there's the the new uh, new Cat Lord, which gives all of your cats. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the spoilers, it is a cat from the new set. I'm a cat. Um, other cats you control get plus one, plus one, and have lifelink. 
Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, you create two one one white cat soldier, sorry, cat creature tokens with lifelink. So all of your cats hopefully have you know plus one plus one in lifelink. So um, I'm looking at your list here, and I'm seeing like there's this really really strong curve you can go into, like. You can play Brimaz into Sets Tiger into the trained Karakal, which is just absolutely backbreaking. Can you tell us a little bit about like that curve or these types of sequences of plays and what makes them so strong? Oh, Sets Tiger. Um, well, um, Brimaz. I'm uh, start out with um, the the three drop uh, Brimaz, um, which can put uh, an extra power on board uh, every turn. Um, with its make a one one cat that's you know buff to get lifelink and plus one plus one with your new cat overlord in terms of other three drops um mostly just lock pieces other than leon and arbiter and the swiss army knife of leon and relic warder um the rest of the cats get bigger and bigger um the four drop slot has um for Leonin Abunus to give your artifacts hexproof um, and sets Tiger, which is my personal favorite cat in the deck. Um, you just mentioned casting it on curve. However, with sets Tiger, I don't know about curve. Uh, the next time your opponent goes dark ritual, dark ritual, dark ritual into uh, lethal tendrils or natural orders you to attack with a bunch of elves or attacks with the Merit Liege, you can just flash in a Sets Tiger to give yourself protection from black, green, or black in those particular cases, and you will be safe for a turn to hopefully swing back for your own lethal with, with to untap and swing back with the lethal swing of your own. Or um, draw another Sets Tiger. Or draw another Sets Tiger, yes. Um, with Chromox... Um, in the deck, um, this also lets you run, you know, more more than one or two Brimaz and uh, more than one or two <laughs> Jazzle Goldmane, um, your other finisher. Um, for those of you who don't know what Jazzle Goldmane does, um, Jazzle Goldmane is a... Uh, legendary cat warrior so you can protect it with Caracas um, it's a 4-4 four, four first striker for 4 that um, has a you can tap 5 and give attacking all attacking creatures you control plus X plus X until the end of turn where X is the number of attacking creatures when uh, if Brimaz and uh, Regal the new cat lord are working, uh, working well this could make your lethal strike pretty fierce is it as good as some of the other stompy decks that are currently making waves uh yes definitely and it runs cast <laughs> so uh i haven't really uh figured out a sideboard um i would say probably some white cards just copy paste it from soldier stompy yeah i'm let there are any soldiers in it um cut them out you know you're probably gonna because the deck runs you know chalice and that sort of things you probably don't want to 
probably want to run with some weird ass removal like oblivion ring over swords to plowshares so you don't chalice lock yourself um and it worked for, great against sneak and show yeah yeah um and uh unfortunately the sets with tribal uh tribal instance and sorceries were not really uh cat themed sets so uh yeah it'll add a luck there um, there are a couple other things you can do. Um, Leoden Relic Warder's mana is a little is a little rough. The double white you're probably not going to be able to hit on the first few turns. Um, Quizzily Pride Mage is also a cat if you want to looking for a little a little green splash. Um, you can do a lot with cats. Um, There's a lot of great green cats out there. Yeah. Um, there are they're a little more aggressively themed typically, um, but um, I do think that now that the cats finally have a lord, they can get their um, adorable day in the sun. I think that uh, Savannah's value goes up a whole lot when you can when they attack you with a Delver and you go Casala Ambusher. <laughs> yes, agreed. And uh, if you have this new cat lord out, it even survives the trade. So, cat lord, and you gain life, <laughs> and you gain life, which is practically like countering an entire another Delver, uh, practically. So yes, I uh, if you play someone online on Cat Stompy, it's probably going to be me. Um, we'll just have to wait a month or so before before we get to see it. So you heard it here, folk. First, folks, Cat Stompy, train uh, Regal Caracal. Tell your friends. Alrighty, so uh, that's Cat Tribal Stompy, courtesy of Adam and uh, Peter's wild, wild machinations. Lastly, we'd like to wrap up with an audience trivia question. Our question last week was: What card had different art in Alpha, Beta, and Unlimited? The answer is Plateau. Uh, look it up. It definitely looks different. I think the original one looks a little bit better from uh, Alpha Beta Unlimited, but everybody is different. And it looks like Anthony Watroba is this week's trivia winner. We will be emailing you shortly to get your address so we can send you your draft set. Now, on to this week's trivia question. What card from Magic's history depicts Albert Einstein in the artwork? If you can name the card, shoot us an email at sstmtgcast at gmail.com that's sstmtgcast at gmail.com we will randomly select a winner from all of this week's correct answers to receive a super special and secret draft set courtesy of me it'll be a big surprise anywho you can find the show on twitter at super secret mtg you can also find me on mtgo at one with nothing adam on mtgo at a bomb diggity tofer on mtgo at mz frosty and Peter on MTGO at Brains478. Any questions, comments, concerns, tips, tricks, or the trivia answer to today's cast can be emailed to sstmtgcast at gmail.com. On behalf of myself, Adam, Topher, and Peter, thank you very much for listening. We will catch you next week. So uh, what do you guys think of Harsh Mentor? More, more fucking anti-top tech. That special. seems really good in like burn.
Dogs, so. you start running Hydro Blast. <laughs> or, or run Hydro Blast, sure.